You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, launched on the 22nd of November 2020. Hello, sweetie. I know exactly how this finds you. Oh, a bit of sun suits you. Oh, if you're in need of refreshments, my high priest has snacks. The cakes are to die for. Well, there you are. We've been waiting for you. Welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. I'm Benji. He's Nick. And this week, we're celebrating the return of the 10th Doctor, David Tennant, and River Song, Alex Kingston, released this week. We'll be hearing from David, Alex, and the team, and we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Expiry Dating by James Goss, featuring the Doctor and River having an increasingly chaotic conversation across space and time. Any second now, we'll be chatting about the Big Finish app and Big Finish's mega-budget Christmas video. (laughs) And of course, all our regular features will be here to gently nuzzle you. Listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, the Randomoid Selectatron offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And very soon now, we're looking at the latest reviews for Torchwood Red Base. So, yes, um, <clears throat> here's the thing. And someone, I think, writes in about it today in listeners' emails. Uh, the Big Finish app, mm-hmm. and people want a feature on it that has listened to. And and I just wanted to reassure people um, that that is on the wish list for development, and we're very much aware of that. But I just wanted to say that we also recommend that people should be downloading and archiving purchases locally as well. Um, it's something that Sue uh, flagged before. That's Sue Cowley, our digital assets manager. And I did promise to mention it before and I, I didn't. And so, you know, please, you can rely on the app, but it's also good to have things locally as well. We, you know, because that people have a lot of storage issues on their devices, don't they? It's good to be careful, isn't it? Take precautions and all that business. Yes. Yes. That sounds very sensible. <laughs> it's good information there. <laughs> This was a public information podcast. What is that? What's that? The arm of my chair. <laughs> I wonder what it was. I thought well, something only, had broken. Goodness maybe. only knows. Right then, well, I suppose we should head straight on to the uh, the Big Finish reviews. No, no. No? Also, no. Uh, also, I wanted to talk about Chloe's Christmas video. Of course. Sorry, sorry. I, I yeah, Chloe's our marketing executive um, who works with our head of marketing. Uh, Steve Berry and uh, yes they came up with the idea I don't know who came up with the idea <laughs> but uh, Steve just sent me this video said Chloe's done a video it's great fun isn't and it you so, it, it's so lovely yeah. yeah and it's just uh, it's yeah good silliness it, it's, it's meant to be humorous in that you know this time of year everyone all the big corporations do hugely could you describe it for people who haven't seen it Benji well the video itself is essentially a small sort of paper I want to say figurines very cleverly done puppeted against backgrounds and stuff and they're doing all Christmas things putting on their Christmas gear uh, putting a, a star on top of a tree with Nick's face on it <laughs> yes I didn't see that until the final version yeah great <laughs> just, lo- just a sort of very low budget what all the sort of stereotypical Christmas adverts are but wonderfully done yeah uh, in a sort of silly way but it's good fun good fun no budget I'd say zilch I think think she filmed it in her bedroom using her (laughs) bedside table as the light I'm just guessing but that's what it looks like and it was just a send up of all these things and then uh, Steve got in touch with me and said have you got any really awful cheesy Christmas music and I and I I spoke to you about it didn't I and you suggested something that you'd done for the the grey man the grey man yes the grey man but the bad news for Benji was that his music wasn't quite cheesy enough. Well, thank <laughs> it was goodness. Slightly thank too good. <laughs> so this is dreadful because I, I, I loathe Christmas music anyway. Making it, I loathe, especially. Um, but yes, yeah, so that that made me feel rather rather good about myself. Yeah, actually. it was it was a it was more than a backhanded compliment, wasn't it? <laughs> we were looking for something True. awful. You said, "Well, this is awful," and we said, "No, it isn't." Um, and what more? <laughs> it's not awful want... enough. But what you selected is lovely enough with the classic Christmas bells doing their thing. Yes, it was uh, some stock music that I bought a long time ago, and yeah, I just I have got a load of other Christmas stuff, but where it's gone, I don't know. Up the tree. Anyway, 
Yes. So, off you go. Just, well, I just was enjoying watching Nick there moving his hand, and I was sort of, come on, come on, there. Uh, I knew exactly on, what I was doing. I, I knew exactly we were meant to move on, I but know. I just, I just sort of enjoyed watching him do it. Um, yes, like a- well. I- <laughs> I kept doing that to my son the other day. I was watching something and he, he came into the room to ask me something urgently and I just waved my hand at him for him to go away and the look of shock on his face because children these days don't get treated like that. I was just going, get, yeah, go. Go away, go it away. Like, hey, should be seen, not Luckily he heard. knew I was joking. And then I locked him in a cupboard under the stairs. Just threw a scrap of ham in there. Eat that. There you go, Harry, I said. <laughs> to which he cried and said, you don't love me really. Um, Expelliarmus. <laughs> <laughs> smelly um, socks. Uh, well, it's the big finish reviews time, so Nick, uh, kick us off. And as promised, we'll be talking about the rather lovely Torchwood release, Red Bass, not to be confused with Raffia Bass, by James Goss and starring Tom Price as Sergeant Andy Davidson, not to be confused with Sergeant Andy Davison close relation of Peter Davison. Uh, of course. I may have made that up. Starbase dome breached. Terminal atmosphere leak. Mars is lost. From Big Finish Productions. Torchwood. Red base. The airlock's closed behind me. What's the weather like out there? Just a balmy Martian morning. Heading towards the rock face now. You getting this? And I'm taking samples now. What the hell? Me? Stay back! You can't be here! You can't! Me? Can you see this? It's impossible! He's... he's not... he's not wearing a spacesuit! What are you doing here? This is Mars! Uh, No! No, stay back! Good afternoon. Wondering if I could have a word. I'm from Torchwood. Big Finish. We love stories. Are you gonna kill me? Go back to your room, remember, Andy? Sleep tight. Yeah, well, it's so simple. All you need to do is go to bigfinish.com, type red bass into the search pane at the top. And if you still haven't caught up with this gem, get on it. So first up, this one here from whoreview.wordpress.com. Zero. Yeah, very clever, very clever. Red bass is a strong story with a compelling mystery at its heart that keeps the listener guessing. A brilliant, as always, central performance from Tom Price and a really great guest cast. Highly recommended, rating four out of five. That was a five out of five review. Yeah, uh, blog to who.com says the themes of surveillance, trust and reality are present throughout, though I almost wish the story had more time to delve deeper into them. Still, James Goss's script keeps things moving and gives us an enjoyable mystery with a fun cast of characters. PC Andy fans will be happy to hear him in action again. Not everyone has listened to an Andy story yet, and Red Base is a perfect opportunity for those listeners to hear what he has to offer. Here, 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 here. Well, the mass yes, movement it's not the mass movement it's just mass movement okay just okay so. says this is one of price's finest hours as andy it's yeah. an hour that will give you a slightly harder more methodical andy than you might be used to if you've mm-hmm. missed his evolution in the last few years he's a space-based mystery solving murder stopping badass yes <laughs> really and you're gonna love him all over again yeah badwilf.com that name always makes me chuckle <laughs> says everyone involved is at the top of their game goal <laughs> once more goal. James Goss <laughs> once more James Goss gives us a solid mystery paying homage to all the greats whilst also putting an original twist on the genre all the greats I've got a fire grate is that one of them it could be, it could be. As, long as, it, as long as it's not a chocolate fire gate Gate, great, great, great gate. Um, on the Twitter sphere, Pete from PA says, Tom Price, James Goss. Okay, Tom, uh, you asked for a tweet if I enjoyed Red Base. I did indeed. It uh, kept me completely riveted whilst I cut the grass today. Way to go, Spaceman Andy. Hoping for more Torchwood in 2021. Well, I must have had it on um, loudly then, if the lawnmower's going. Well, you, got- you know it happens. Wow. Something you know. It's the only way to do it. Sometimes you gotta you gotta amplify. Yeah. <laughs> got two speakers just sellotaped to his head. <laughs> um, 
at Lord Braxy says at Price Tom absolutely killed it with red bass. I, I believe that in young people speak that means he did a good thing, or rather Poirot it. Inspector Andy Davidson, easily one of my favourite Torchwood releases. There we go, Bigly Boo. We're at Sinclair <laughs> underscore Brian, Brian Sinclair, hopefully related to Sir Clive Sinclair. Hopefully, one of my yeah. favourite people. Um, listening to Torchwood Red Bass again by James Goss. Love it. Also like the computer being named Dave. Sort of 2001 reference, I think. Hmm? Yeah, do you reckon? Maybe. Um, at Andy M586 says, loved hashtag Torchwood Red Bass. I got serious gravity meets and then there were none vibes. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. A bit of Agatha Christie and a bit of Sandra Bullock. Also... <laughs> About time we had a solo Sergeant Andy at Price Tom Adventure. Bravo at Goss Jam. That's James Goss. And at the Lisa Bauman. That's that, but there's only one Lisa Bauman, isn't there? Well, Celtic underscore Wolves underscore says, well done, a great whodunit episode. Well, it says a great whodunit script with Torture yes. Red Bass, uh, James Goss. Uh, another fantastic outing for Andy. Nice. Next time... You can never have too much Torchwood, let's face it. We're looking at Torchwood Soho Parasite. Well, coming up soon, we'll be going behind the scenes with the 10th Doctor and River Song. Meanwhile, it's time for listeners' emails. That's right, it is that time again. And as we approach Christmas, uh, some of you might be putting up your trees now. Um, so if you want to decorate them, I say just shove a few emails on it instead of the baubles. You know, cover a couple of emails here and there. That'll do the job. Um, so first up, oh yeah, I should probably tell you that you can, if you do want to send us an email, we love to have them. We're decorating our oh, tree yeah. with them. Send them to podcastabigfinish.com. Yeah. Get them over, and if you're lucky enough, we might read it. Um, first not? up, this one here from Miles Cook. The subject of this one is thank you. Um, I was recently in hospital after suffering with full-blown COVID-19. I'm so sorry to hear that. I hope everything's yeah. okay. Um, when I came around uh, following a two- to three-week stint, stint in critical care, wow. I found that my ex-wife had delivered the first of the Eighth Doctor Time Lord Victorious releases for me to listen to. It's hardly the best story I've heard, but it was comforting that something in my life hadn't completely changed and allowed me to have an anchor to my old life. Thank you. Regards, Miles Cook. Well, thank you, Miles, for writing it. I'm sorry it wasn't the best thing that you'd heard, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Next up, Neil Bodell writes in uh, to say too much goodness. Lockness. (laughs) Greetings. Goodness. (laughs) Wrong podcast. Uh, (laughs) Greetings, gentlefolk. Over the last few weeks, you've been discussing the Dalek Empire series. This is one of the few titles I have listened to more than once, along with the Cyberman series. And one or two others. Great stuff! Exclamation mark. A couple of years ago, I chanced upon the Dalek Empire The Scripts book in the library at the Queensland University of Technology, Kelvin Grove, Brisbane, Australia. Uh, The world. Uh, They've got an arts faculty, you see. Uh, quite surprised to see it. Discuss attached included cover sheet from the book. Can you see it? Look at that there. They get everywhere, don't they, these books? Yeah. They certainly do. As noted, I've listened to only a few of your productions more than once. I have too many, exclamation mark, and there are yet more in the pipeline <laughs> to come. <laughs> it's parasitic seaweed in that pipeline, I think. <laughs> As of today, I have over 2,900 stories in over 400 volume stroke series, over 60 ranges. This equates to 84 days, more than 2,000 hours, with 48 hours of that still to be heard. (laughs) How is a bloke to find time to go back to re-listen to them? Well, quite... Do you think you folk could take a year or two off? Great stuff. Keep up the excellence. Just slow down a bit. Sort of shocked looking face. Neil. Well, we can't slow down because, you know, otherwise 
we won't have any work to do. <laughs> Maybe we could make the CDs so that they sort of dissolve after a while, like into just nothingness. So people have mm. to have to just keep re-listening to them, otherwise they'll never hear it again. What, there's an yeah. idea for you, you know. I think Neil's uh, thesis is that we're making so much he can't keep up. Well, that's the point. If it all dissolves away, then he won't have that problem, will he? Perfect. There we go. Dissolvable. Resolve, dissolvable CDs. Um, Tino Rosberg uh, says here, the Big Finish app is the subject. Uh, dear Nick and Benji, a while ago you were asking about the listener's option about the Big Finish app. Opinion. Oh, sorry. I can't read. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been using it for about a year now and I enjoy how easy it all functions. Anyway, there's one thing that I would love it to be able to do. Oh, Before using the app, I downloaded the items and put them into folders on my PC. Uh, one very important folder was the one with the audio plays that I hadn't listened to yet. Yes. With the app, I can only make playlists from plays that I have already downloaded on my smartphone. Yes. But because of too little storage space, ah. it has become impossible to download everything I, have, I haven't listened to yet. Yes. Is it possible to add a function with which you can organise your purchases individually into folders or at least mark them with listen to, not listen to sign, uh, mm. which you could choose in the filter section? Yes, yes, That yes, would it's be coming. my wish for Christmas. Oh. Uh, have I already told you how much I enjoy everything that you're producing? A big finish? Huh, tremendously. Best wishes, Tino Rosberg, Wuppertal in Germany. Do you know Wuppertal? I don't know Wuppertal. But I know you know Germany. So I wonder where wonder. it is. Let me have a look if it's in my... Well, as you can see, Tino, um, earlier on we said, as you can hear, I should say, since this is an audio podcast, um, you know, that is on the wish list and we know people want it. But, yeah, keep storing things locally as well. Have you found Wuppertal? Yeah, so, so I've just got it on the map here. So it's actually, it's near Cologne, which actually isn't that far, near Dusseldorf as well, actually isn't that far Dusseldorf. from from the sort of part of Germany. I mean, it's quite far, but it's not that far from where I hang out, so... There's a whole yeah. thing about Dusseldorf in uh, Where Eagles Dare, isn't there? Where she has to pretend she, the woman, the undercover agent, has to pretend she's from Dusseldorf. It's a good place to pretend to, to be from, to be honest. And and the Gestapo officer, played by Darren Nesbitt, knows Dusseldorf better than her. He's going, I seem to remember that it was on the other side of the square. And she's going, <laughs> well, clearly thinking, oh God, visions of herself in a cell being beaten. Yeah, Luckily, that me. doesn't happen. They've um, got me. I mean, for anyone who's never seen Where Eagles Down, I'm just going to spoil it for you. Um, <laughs> the good guys win. Right, that's it for this week. <laughs> Loads of brilliant emails coming in. Thanks so much. There'll be more featuring next week. Time now to dive behind the scenes with this week's spectacular release, The Tenth Doctor and River Song. Three great adventures for arguably the most popular Doctor yeah. and arguably his most mysterious female friend. I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The Tenth Doctor and River Song. I always knew you'd come. Eventually. Eventually, yes. You got me. I did. This is another one of our um, lockdown spectaculars, actually. I have to say, just a few scant weeks ago, this project didn't even exist. We got word, I think it was... Yes, I'm pretty sure it was whilst we were doing Out of Time. We, um, we got word that David would be available to do some more recordings with us. So we scrambled very quickly, I must say, to... Uh, to do storylines and scripts and get everything ready. Hello, my name is David Tennant. I am playing the Doctor. And I am Alex Kingston and I play River Song. And there we go, River Song. I was right. You have hidden something in the fresco. And what have we here? Oh. Oh. It's safe to say I wasn't expecting that. Oh, River Song. <laughs> Can I ask you a personal question? Uh, that's lovely. Thank you. Stop recording. Scene 11, page 19, take one. Which is what's always been so fascinating about this this relationship, is that they're both at, at different stages of it. And uh, my doctor is kind of baffled, really, by her. And rather, doesn't understand why she's being so flirty. And so sort of, it's all it, it doesn't really compute. Although over these three stories, I think we do 
he does begin to he certainly softens i think towards her yeah i'd agree he definitely softens and it's like you sort of have gotten the measure of her now and know how to handle her when she's being playful or whereas i agree um in science in the library you were sort of pretty unsure about her as a as a person coming into your life I'm very threatened by someone who seemed to know more about me than I knew about them. That's not, yeah. the doctor doesn't like it that way around. Yeah. Expiry date is James Goss at his most brilliantly inventive. I mean, the idea of doing a whole episode based around correspondence between the two lead characters is pure genius. Hello, I'm James Goss and I wrote Expiry Dating. I do remember working with Matt Fitton because one of the things about this was he said, oh, the Tenth Doctrine River is happening. And I went, oh, that's great. I should think of a story. And he said, well, actually, when we first talked about it, you came up with the idea of it being an exchange of letters. So um, could you do that? And I thought, "Oh, oh, that was quite clever of me. So I was very happy to be handed a brief by past me. And writing it was actually enormously fun. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I'm the director of Expiry Dating. I've worked with David Tennant many, many times over the years, including before he was the doctor in the TV series. And so, you know, I feel very at home working with him, not just because I've known him for many, many years, but because he is the kind of actor who firstly deals with so much of the performance himself. He he comes to the project having made a lot of really smart, exciting decisions. But he also has really intelligent questions to ask. So he's not just blithely accepting what he's been given, but he uh, and he's not asking questions just for the sake of it. You know, there's always a real point where he has focused in on something that's not quite working for him. And he had a lot of really useful points to make that have enhanced the production because one thing we forget about doing these you know we um, the scripts get written and in this case as David Richardson has mentioned this was all done really rather quickly because of David's sudden availability now quite often in other circumstances there's a read through and time to reflect on the nature of the script on whether things are working the way they're written and whether things need to be adjusted so you need to be quite fluid in your approach during a recording and with someone as intelligent and as inspired as David Tennant it's it really works well because we can bring up a point we can discuss it efficiently and quickly and intelligently and we can sort the problem out and we did it many times the same thing applies to Alex Kingston I'd never directed Alex before I'd been at studio sessions for Big Finish where she was working with us and of course I met her on the set of Doctor Who many years ago. So I was very familiar with her but working with her it was an interesting process because she's just full of joy. She's brilliant, she knows the character inside out, that's all taken care of and she's not afraid to ask questions and to really hone down the the relevance of every speech, of every word. You know, David's a very positive person as well, playing the Doctor. And having Alex there too, you, you get the feeling that even if everything completely fell apart, there's no way that Alex was going to let people get down about it. You know, that she has a huge positivity that she brings really physically and metaphorically in a case like this, you know, over the internet into the room. There's a real sense that she's happy to be there and she makes everyone else consequently happy to be there. It's been fine, actually. I I have to say the the first episode that we did, I was exhausted at the end of that day. And because it's set up like an episode which is just full of correspondence. Yes. uh, There's a lot of dialogue that each of us are both having to, to get out and perfect. But I loved, I loved that one, actually. I thought it was very clever. Yes, it, very, it was a really clever script. It was a very Stephen Moffat script, I thought. Mm. Felt like he was channeling Stephen Moffat in that one. Mm. And uh, I always remember Stephen saying something about you get through more ideas. I'm paraphrasing poorly. But he talks about having, you need, you need so many more ideas to write a Doctor Who story than you do any other kind of story. And you set fire to these ideas at such a rate of knots. It needs so much fuel, of uh, imaginative fuel. And I thought that story expiry dating i thought it's just it's crammed full of ideas and uh they just keep coming you can tell james has written a lot of audio scripts and knows how audio scripts work 
this is a prime example of what you can do with the medium. And I was thinking that the other day, actually, that it wouldn't really work so well as a telly story. You know, telly is a very different beast. Um, but we are telling audio stories, and this is a beautiful way of getting under the skin of the two main characters. Hello, I'm Lizzie Hopley, and I'm the writer of Precious Annihilation. Thank you. So if you'd all like to go into record, please. Recording. 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 And this is scene six, page 13, take one. Oh, I forgot that smell. Oh, my word. Welcome to 17th century London. Oh. Don't look at the ground. I pitched a number of ideas, I think three paragraphs, and one of which was the gem dealer. So it was just one little paragraph, and I already had... That was the one that they liked out of the three ideas. They thought, oh, there's mileage in this, tell us more. So I actually designed a story. This is a great script by Lizzie Hopley. It's a real sort of epic romp through time, packed full of brilliant characters... And again, um, like James's script, really, it captures the the spirit of the relationship between the Doctor and River Song perfectly. There are all sorts of uh, lovely little moments in here. The difference with Lizzie's actually is that um, Lizzie's script had already started to be in development for another line. We were, we were actually planning, purely by coincidence, we were planning this script for a talking book. And Lizzie had just had the storyline approved for it. And then when the slot came up for the 10th Doctor, we kind of just looked at it and just said, well, Lizzie's is ready to go. So it was pure serendipity. Every single inch of me from the tip of my toes to the tip of this cutlass. So who wants to shiver my timbers? I really love great titles. And I think Precious Annihilation is just such a fantastic title because it has that real contrast in it. Precious sounds like a, a good thing and Annihilation, we all know, is a bad thing. And that smashing those two things together is a sort of exquisitely irresistible title. Oh, blimey, governor. Yes, in... that was great. That was a yeah. sort of, yeah, a romp through time, wasn't it? Yeah, in ye old London. Bit of that, Yeah. <laughs> A bit of backwards and forwards and a bit of, uh, yes, a really lovely idea of a sort of an alien race who think they're doing something really clever and actually they're condemning worlds to death. My name's Anjali Mohindra and I play Omara, Franny and the barmaid. What if you get it wrong and there is no threat? We're very often wrong. Omara is an alien from the planet Replion and she is desperate to protect her people by sort of setting up traps that will be triggered if necessary. I, I yeah. like that. I like when there's a when there's a sort of ambiguity to people's motivations. Yes. Any chance to work with Angeli is always to be welcomed. And I was particularly heartened when I saw she did one of the Russell T. Davis lockdown watch along drama things for Sarah Jane Smith. And uh, and I thought, hold on a sec, if she's filming that at home and it's sounding great, she must have a home studio set up. So I think I contacted on Twitter and said, you look like you've got an impressive home studio set up. She said, yes, absolutely. I said, right, I think we've got some work for you. <laughs> well, my, I'm, I'm in a little sort of cubbyhole, which is in the roof of my house. I'm in the eaves. I've got an old child's bed mattress wrapped around me. I've got suitcases that are draped in material to stop them bouncing the sound in unpleasant ways and hopefully an internet connection and that's sort of it and we all hear each other in our ears and we play the scenes as if we were next to each other in soundproof booths but of course there are miles between us all so it's it's lovely actually to to be able to feel like you're at work surrounded by people when of course we're all secluded at home. I think it makes a difference that we sort of know each other already. Yes. That, yes. that helps. So you can put a face to the voice. Hello, I'm Jonathan Morris and I wrote Doctor Who Ghosts. So the ghosts on this planet have spent the last hundred or so years wandering around, believing they are still alive. What was particularly exciting, as well as the thought of having the words I typed being delivered by David Tennant, was the dynamic, the pairing with River Song, which we'd seen in Silence of the Library, but which clearly had lots of... Um, untapped potential because you have the, the the dynamic of the two actors but also the, the two characters with a, a point in the relationship which hasn't really been explored or covered in the tv series johnny morris has been working for us as a writer 
for a very, very long time, and we've learned to trust his pedigree. He will always do something slightly out of the ordinary, uh, turn something on its head, uh, you know, quite often weirdly complex and spooky stuff, and this very much falls into this pattern here, which is what we wanted. You and his nibs over there, we had to use the most recent memory scans, which were taken when we arrived. Several weeks ago, in my case. So everything that's happened since, well, we don't need to tell you. Bit of a puzzle box, this one. It was quite a puzzle box for us, even, to, mm. to do it. Yes, it's one of those ones you have to keep... There were a few times we'd have to stop and go, hang on, exactly who knows what, when? But that's very satisfying, I think. Just go to bigfinish.com to get your ears wrapped around this one. Type 10th Doctor and River into the search pane at the top or have a look in the 10th Doctor Adventures range. And very soon now... We'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of the 10th Doctor and River song adventure Expiry Dating by James Goss and guest starring Peter Davison and Colin Baker, although they don't appear in the first 15 minutes, just to let you know, just uh, full disclosure there. Very good, very good. Before all that, though, it's time to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish (laughs) release. Yes, you've guessed it. (laughs) <laughs> it's time for the Randomized Electrotron. Well, Ran has absolutely delivered one because this is a, a banger to get some discounts on. It's oh. The Avengers, the comic strip adaptations, volume one, Steed and Mrs. Peel. A oh. huge, mega, four-story box set for you here. Steed and Mrs. Peel. Here's the trailer, by the way. The Avengers, the Mrs. Peel comic adaptations, volume one. Take a seat, Steed, why don't you? Why, thank you, Mrs. Peel. What's this? Tales of miserly megalomaniacs, dastardly dressmakers, vicious Vikings and pernicious pipers. Sounds promising. Vikings, you say? You serious about this? Yes, my husband. Ladies and gentlemen. This is the miser speaking. The miser? Welcome to the Glendier. I'm Macintosh. Prince Abdul, I presume. I think you are very brave. I know. Oh, yes, very brave and modest too, he tells me. My size may be small, but I have... Big plans. I get to live as I have always wanted to live, as a Viking. We've hit something of a snag. Madame Zingara hates snags. She becomes rather unhinged when the bird is even mentioned. <laughs> oh. Oh. I can see we're not going to be friends. Such a fascinating man. And drunk already. Chintin. I thought I'd never drink champagne again. I know. I could see the fear in your eyes. Ah! Ooh, nasty. Oh, Mrs. Peel, do you always see evil afoot in even the most innocent of... Ah, Mrs. Peel, we're needed. Big finish. We love stories. And there we have it. Uh, Just marvellous. Scripts by Simon Barnard, Paul Morris, Paul Mars and John Dorney. uh, two Pauls in there for the price of one. <laughs> I mean, what you know? What a lineup there, writers! You, you're bound to have a fantastic time with all of them at the wheel. Yeah, and just brilliant performance by Julian Wadham as uh, John Steed and Olivia Poulet as Emma Peel. It's just uh, look at this cast. Oh, Jacqueline Pierce is in it. Ah, Graham oh, Seed. Great. For any of you who used to be uh, Archers fans, he famously died with a very long scream. Timothy uh, Speyer. Speyer, of course. One of the oldest medieval towns in Germany. Um, <laughs> just, just in the whilst we're on the subject of Germanic things, and there's a character called Brigadier in it, which is that's amusing, isn't it? It certainly is. Well, listen. Uh, so it's uh, uh, you can get twenty five percent off this. Well worth it. Uh, what you do is you just go to the Big Finish website to get the 25% discount, bigfinish.com, in case you hadn't got that URL burnt into your very brain. And at the top of... Oh, it's nice sound effects. In fact, I could just s- smell the result there. Um, the uh, uh, So on the homepage, if you just scroll down a little bit, <clears throat> um, you, you can see there's the latest podcast. So you could click that, or you could go to podcasts at the top tab there 
Or you can go to audiobooks and find the Big Finish podcast range there, where it says the Big Finish podcast on the right. Anyway, click any of those things, and you'll find in the text it says also the uh, Random Words Electron features. Click here and enter the code. You click there, and you get an opportunity to enter the code. Benji. Bingo. What is, what? <laughs> Benji. I've just clicked back from the website to see Benji <laughs> wearing his pop shield from his microphone on his nose. It's fallen off now. Strangely yeah, like yeah. a, a Vogon from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know why. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, actually. Just sort of the nose too high. Yeah. The big, big old... Yeah, maybe I'll read some of my poetry. Uh, <laughs> no! Thanks, Ran, though. You are a brick. Uh, but sadly, though, it's... No, what? You haven't said what the code is. I was oh, sorry. I was too busy transfixed on my nose. The code is buck up, all capital ah, letters. Thank you. Uh, no spaces, no punctuation, no complication. Just buck up. It'd be really good if we actually didn't bother to give people the code. See yeah, if just ca- the code is uh, oh. <laughs> the murderer is. Oh. Was it the castle? Sinives, sinives, Joseph of Arimathea. Um, anyway, yes. So <laughs> I hope you're keeping up, listeners. Uh, we better, we better, we better get out of here. Nick. We've got yeah, things yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got to fight some crime, haven't we? Um, <laughs> so I suppose we should, we should maybe go. I can't, I can't do the Tenth Doctor, but let's go in the style of the Tenth Doctor and River Song. Well, that's as good as I. Well, goodbye. I'll do. Goodbye, sweetie. Have a sweetie. Can't do a voice. And while we're away, why not enjoy the first 15 minutes of the 10th Doctor and River Adventure expiry day? I'm laughing because I put he... Why not enjoy <laughs> he first adventure? First 15... I, he, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but he, listen, it's expiry dating by James Goss and guest starring Peter Davison and Colin Baker. Although they don't appear in the first 15 minutes, just mentioning that. But, but yeah, it's very good. It's still worth listening to without them arriving. Okay, off you go. Here? What are we doing here? Drives us off course, I suppose. Something? Yep. A bottle. Floating in the middle of deep space. It's a milk bottle. Right. Well, I've clearly got a very determined milkman. You're talking to yourself. Yes, I am. Wait. Hello, sweetie. River song? Yes. Your... A milk bottle? Well, I was going for... Um... I'm a message in a bottle. Written on psychic paper. I knew you'd come by. Eventually. Eventually. You've been waiting long? For you. All my life. Oh, you're doing that again. Who are you? Would you like to find out? I know you would. You're not just going to tell me? Of course not. First, I need you to do something, do something for, for me. Do something for you, right, yeah. Well, before I say no, what do you want? I need you to break into the Apocalypse Vault at the end of the Quantum Vatican. But that... No, that's a fixed point. I can't do that. I'll see you there. River! Dear River, I hope this finds you well. Why do people write that in letters? I mean, do I hope you're well? I don't know, in the general sense, obviously, but who says I hope you're ill? Well, possibly Davros when he writes letters. Or are they cards? You know, I bet they're cards with bunnies on them. He seems the bunny type. I mean, there's no point in hoping that you're well, as I actually know that you're alive, which compared to when I last met you means that you are. 
Uh, well, well. Now, now. And don't forget, I'm writing on psychic paper. Oh no, never forget. Anyway, sorry if you were expecting me at the Apocalypse Vault, but I have two rules. First, no one tells me what to do. Second, Apocalypse Vault. I never visit anywhere that sounds like an Iron Maiden concept album. Fair. Anyway, who wants to know about the expiry date of the universe? Not me. So, instead, I traced your bottle back to its origins. Wasn't that a lot of work? Well, I traced the probable routes it took, taking into account solar winds, gravity wells, and boitment leakage, not forgetting to account for the unaccountable pull of the Curtain of Shadows. Then, oh, then, I analysed the mineral content of the glass, which narrowed things down to just the ten planets. And then I crossed them all off until I arrived at Wadoosh. And you could just have met me at the Apocalypse Vault. Less work. Maybe, but I've got a lot of time. I've got a lot of time at the moment. Anyway, dusty planet, talking camels, talking sand. All in all, quite chatty for a desolate planet. I met a camel priest. He was old and tired, he was so tired. And he wanted to show me something. Something he was afraid would be forgotten when he was no longer well. So... He took me out into the desert and showed me a temple he'd spent his entire life looking after. No one else came. No one else had seen it for 300 years. And now the sand was taking it. The temple to the priestess of eternity. You should visit. Should I? Oh yes, absolutely. You'd like the priestess of eternity. They've really captured your likeness. <laughs> Bit stylized, but she's definitely you. And at some point, they thought the world of you. The priest wanted me to see it, and he was right. I'm definitely not going to forget it. So, River Song, what are you doing being an ancient deity worshipped on the planet of Wadoosh? Hmm? Nothing to say? No? Oh. oh. This paper's not sighting on the back. Did you plan that? Oh, just at the point where I'd like an explanation. Anyway, I thought I'd just leave this letter here with the camel priest in case you drop by, wondering where I got to. Well, mind you, at least I got the last word. I actually did. So, goodbye, River Song. I'm the doctor, and I always get the last word. Ha! What? Oh, right, right yes, this letter is meant for her, Your Holiness. Oh. Oh, you've got a letter for me. From... Uh... Hello, sweetie. I know exactly how this finds you. Oh, a bit of sun suits you. Oh, if you're in need of refreshments, my high priest has snacks. The cakes are to die for. It's not too bad being worshipped as a god. You should try it. It'll do you good to get it out of your system. There's only so much validation wide-eyed orphans can give you. I get that you have questions, and I'd love to answer them, but I'm in the middle of negotiating a ceasefire with the Rutans. So many tentacles to shake. So, why don't you meet me at the Apocalypse Vault? See you later, River. So, I analysed the parchment of your last letter. You made a tiny mistake there. It's vellum from the Zanzibar elk, which, as we all know, comes only from the tyranny of the Shining Quartz. So I checked in here, asked around for you. Seemingly, they're still a little sore about you stealing their crown jewels. Which is why I find myself writing this to you from, uh, the dungeons. I mean, not bad. As dungeons go, the straw is fairly fresh. My cellmate's bones have been picked quite clean. And, best news of all, the rodents don't sing. Now, I have a few tasting notes on the gruel, but maybe I've been spoiled lately. I don't want to come over as a fussy guest. Not managed to escape yet. Donna always said, well, I've always been told that I don't escape quickly enough, but the doors would. 
The guards resist hypnosis, and the leader of the rebels is sitting decomposing next to me still. Mustn't grumble. Mustn't grumble. Slow dungeons are just like slow travel. There's a peace and a tranquility to them. See? Savoring every moment. Hmm? Oh, every moment. Anyway, with time on my hands, I thought I'd reply to you. I've learned it always helps to have writing paper for when you get locked up. Writing paper and quantum Sudoku. I'm thinking you'll find this letter eventually, when you realize your mistake and return their crown jewels, which, have I mentioned, they're still really cross about. Why did you steal the Shining Quartz from the tyranny of the Shining Quartz? Oh. Oh, now dawn's coming up. Apparently they'll be executing me at sunrise. That always seems mean. It's like those cheap airline flights that leave ridiculously early. Who likes that? You know, I've always wondered what'll happen when my head gets chopped off. Will I regenerate? Do you know? Well, perhaps today, I'll get to find out. Not today, sweetie. I've bribed your jailer. Ha, thank you, Bernard. He likes guinea pigs. No one who likes guinea pigs can be all that bad. It explains the fresh straw. Although, Bernard does own a lot of thumbscrews. Hmm. Perhaps he collects them. I left him a little money on my last visit, just in case you showed up. It's more than covered for arranging your release, the disguise to get you out of the castle, and the pack mules to get you safely through the forest of screams. No, oh, no, don't thank me. Just don't forget to post your letter, otherwise you'll create a paradox. And I know how you hate those. Mwah! Kiss. River. River. More of a follow-up note. Dashing this off in the forest of screams on my way back to the TARDIS. Thanks for arranging the rescue. I, I made one or two small tweaks to your plan. I hope you don't mind. On my way out of the castle, I overthrew the tyrant of the Shining Quartz. Turns out. Now he no longer has any shining cords, he was surprisingly easy to overthrow, and have instituted a republic. Quite a nice republic, really. I mean, the rebel leaders wanted to do the bloodthirsty retribution thing, but I gave them a copy of Wisdom's Cricketer's Almanac and assured them that it was the wisest book on government ever written. I mean, by the time they've deciphered it, I think that bloodlust will have cooled off. Maybe they'll have a referendum. They always work out well. Anyway, thanks for the loan of Bernard. Now he's no longer trying to chain me up, I really get to see his charming side. Although, I, I did have to promise to knight his guinea pigs. So, arise Sir Nipsey and Sir Squeak-a-Lot. I've also made Bernard promise to drop this letter and my previous one off at the post office. And I may also have had to invent the post office. So, there we go. I've restored peace to the whole star system, but I do think it would have been easier for you just to not steal their crown jewels. Possibly drop them off next time you're passing. Absolutely not! Those crown jewels of eternal quartz? No one thought to examine them, ever. Nor wondered why all their rulers died bald and mad. Even the queens. Obviously, the eternal quartz was... Dwarf star radium? Dwarf star radium, yes! It had been poisoning them for centuries. So, no, they're not getting that back. Instead, it's powering this starship I'm now using, which is very fast, very sleek, and will eventually get me to the Apocalypse Vault. Hint, hint. Ever yours, River. What have you done to my ship? I hear that! Get that! Whoa! So, there I am on a planet of sentient bees. When they all get together, they form one giant hive mind. Yeah, really. Sorting out a few issues to do with a strange form of extraterrestrial plant life. No sooner do I sort that out, why were these bees allergic to geraniums? And one of the more outrageous queen bees passes me an artifact. An ancient artifact that they preserved in solidified smart honey. Well, I realized at once it was your last letter, which I brought back to the TARDIS. And no sooner did I get back here... Whoa! Oh, no, no, no! Not that way, not that way! Oh, left a bit! Ah, left a bit past that epoch! 
Now! Now! Shall fly to the temple! Bye, Bob! Whoa! Uh, well, no sooner did I get back to the TARDIS than the smart honey melts all over the TARDIS console and tries to program it with coordinates. Ah, well, you thought you'd trick me, but no, 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 no. No, I've reversed the polarity and I'm materializing in the exact opposite of where you expect me to be. Ha! What kept you? What? River? Don't turn around. You ruined the surprise. Oh. And also, I've not done my hair. That's a lie. Surprise? I've always done my hair. Why are you sitting in the booth behind me? So I can tell you what to do. I don't understand. Doctor. Yes? He's here to kill you. I can tell. Where is the money you stole, Doctor? The money? The money? His bosses. Your bosses? She's angry because now she won't be able to build her new bridge. Ah, well, and how do you know I stole it? The card I left at the scene of the crime. This card. Right. Oh, and it says you can find me here at this time. How thoughtful of me. Yes. I take care of things. I come to take care of you. Boss, she is very angry. Oh, dear. Boss says either way you're being buried under the bridge. But if you hand her money over now, you won't be alive when she starts pouring the concrete. Right. Well, she sounds kind. Not really. She is horrible to work for. Ah. Uh. She has promised people who build bridge homes on island. Well, that sounds kind. Their home will be under the last pylon. Right. She will bury them. Yes, I see. Island is for rich people only. It will be only safe place on planet once the decadence reaches us. The decadence? Overmining at the far end of the continent has released a... Sea of slow-moving lava. Lava, right. Gathering up several generations of toxic waste. Ooh, lovely. Only the island will be safe. Forces of nature respect postcodes. Has your boss offered you a house on the island? Yes. Oh. No, I know. Now, what, what did I do with the money? What did I do with the money? Gave it to the one scientist who can develop a cure for the decadence. Oh, oh, clever. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Ugh. Ugh.